Welcome to the next edition of the Bob Jeswell Show. You know, I love today, just like we did last week too, we had Tom on and, and talking about some people who are in positions in their life and for some reason, despite the terrible news they may receive, they turn it into a big positive. If you want to be part of this conversation and see how somebody gets past all this, oh, you don't want to miss the next episode of this beautiful young lady. You'll see her next right here on the Bob Jeswald Show. Personal power, people positive, the community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. You know, uh, this week is great because I have my next guest who I've known for a while here, and, and she is truly a gem. I mean, she has got inspiration with a capital I written all over her. She's uh, not only just strikingly beautiful, and her husband knows that as well. We know her as Nicole Warner or Nicola Costa Warner. Uh, she's got that nice flair to her. She's from Louisiana originally. She resides in uh, Georgia area and uh, in the central Georgia area. And uh, if you're watching Nicole right now, I always tease her and I say, you kind of have a Lady Gaga look about you. <laughs> she's she's got the she's got the whole the whole thing going on. You remind me of Lady Gaga. I always joke around with you, but you're so infectious. You're laughing. Your smile. Everything about you is just amazing. You look at Nicole on the outside, and what you'll see is this beautiful looking woman, happy. And somebody would say, "God, she's just got it all." And just unmute yourself, Nikki, real quick, if you can do that. And I always call her Nicole, but we'll call you. Nick. Do you like to go by Nikki or Nicole? I never, as long as I've known you. I go by Nikki. Okay, let's do Nikki today. But formally, okay. we call you Nicole, formerly known as Nicole. Um, but Nikki, when I see you and other people see you, they're like, you know, she's got it going on, this girl, I bet you. But what's really going on with you is a lot. And we're going to keep this positive, but you, you've you taken something that has, and it's turned just seems like your world upside down, but you are amazing. And, and I think you're here to tell everybody about it. That's why you're here. To show you that Thank it's you. bad news when it comes to uh, cancer doesn't mean it's that's it. And uh, explain it to everybody. I know we could start out with how you. Well, st well first of all, let me just say this. You, you, you know, tell your profession. You're a nurse anesthetist, and and you you um you're somebody who in the medical field understands these things. But when you have a heart condition, and then take medicine on top of it, and the medicine it should have helped you ends up almost harming you or unfortunately, giving you a diagnosis that is not good, but you've done your homework right. and you've traveled to, to make sure that you're, you know, you got, you got four girls to deal with and a husband. So we, we, we're not losing you. <laughs> so we need you here and you're inspiring others to do just that. So I'm going to let you take it from here. So tell us about your, your heart condition first. Well, the August is a, a month of many anniversaries for me. Um, it includes my heart, includes um, my cancer diagnosis. Um, my dad passed away 28 years ago this month. So kind of going into August, I kind of, it, it's almost like I just want to go and skip on over to September. And here you are in the Bob Jeswald um, show. Oh, my God, when this was airing. <laughs> We're going to make this good this August. With, with yeah, the yeah, yeah. No, yes. no, no, yeah, no, no, this is good. It's yes, good to talk yeah, about it. It's yes, good to talk about yes. things. So, um, yeah, my heart condition, it was um, the weekend before school went back um, in August uh, for my girls. And we were at the beach trying to get in a little more beach time before um, starting school and getting the whole routine down. Uh, so I noticed through that weekend that 
I was kind of uncomfortable when I would take a deep breath, leaning over, I felt this pressure in my chest. Um, and yes, I am advanced practice nurse. I'm a, a nurse anesthetist. So I work in the operating room, uh, put patients to sleep uh, for procedures and surgeries. Um, and so, yes, I'm very experienced in that form of medicine. Um, as far as what I ended up with, with my heart and then also cancer, that was, I had to get, I had to educate myself, um, which it's good that I kind of know the language, but there were still some things that were foreign to me that I had to, to study. Um, so yeah, I was, I was having trouble. It hurt to breathe. And I was just taking Motrin throughout the weekend. And then on the way home, um, I realized I was having to start to lean forward more to breathe and it hurt just, you know, a regular breath now. Mm -hmm. And, um, by the time we got into Columbus, I was like hands on the dashboard. Um, I wasn't driving. <laughs> Thank right, goodness. Okay. okay good. <laughs> Robert, my husband was driving. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went to the ER and, um, you know, I thought, okay, maybe this is pneumonia. You know, I haven't had that. Seems like it. Yeah. I would, Hey, how many people get that? I mean, you're like, you're thinking heavy chest pressure. It's gotta be something in my lungs. Breathing hurts. Breathe. Never had any idea that it was my actual heart. Um, and so I was quickly diagnosed. I had fluid around my heart, the protective sac around your heart that holds a little bit of fluid. So you don't have friction when your heart beats every time. Um, so you're supposed to have a little bit of fluid there. And for me, so say like, um, I believe it's like 50 CCs or MLs. Well, I ended up, um, over the course of several days and several ER visits and being discharged home. Um, the last time I returned, um, like 10 hours later and they had to stick a needle to my chest and drain off what was 500. Oh my CC. gosh. So explain this to someone. What is five? So people can imagine this around your heart. What is 500 cc's equivalent to? Like, what would you like? A, if you give me a um, quart of uh, half a liter. Half, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Half a liter. That, that's a half lot a of fluid. No wonder. So that's pressure in your chest. That stuff is just sitting in there. So yeah. uh, what, when I got critical and I was having, little bouts of this where suddenly like I couldn't breathe at all. Like to speak, you have to have breath go across your vocal cords. Right. Well, there were several times that I would have a bout of what I now know is cardiac tamponade. So that fluid got so tight in that sack. My heart's trying to beat Mm. and it's, it's beating against all this fluid in my, in the sack. So finally, um, the pressure of the fluid collapsed one of my ventricles. And so blood could not go, you know, where it's supposed to, to it the, to the okay. lungs to get oxygenated, you know, back to the heart to go to the rest of the body. That whole cycle of where everything was supposed to go was stopped. So this is what happened when you went back to school, when you were feeling that out of breath thing, Robert's driving, you got your hands on the dashboard. You're like, oh my God, Robert, I just can't, I can't catch my breath. This ventricle right. had already collapsed is what happened at this point. I was having moments where I, I could, it was just getting that pressure on. Okay. And so yeah. 
hindsight, I can pinpoint every time that I had a little bout of cardiac tamponade. Mm. And if that bout lasts too long, you die. Wow. So wow. This is, this is I was having to lean forward to sort of open up my chest to give more room for all this fluid. The, 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 the fluid was due to that sac getting inflamed. Um, so that's your pericardium. That's the sac around your heart. Okay. So I had pericarditis. Okay. So itis meaning inflammation. Well, that fire around my heart also moved to the neighbor's house, which is your lungs. And you have a, you have a lining around your lungs too. That's mm. called your pleura. So then I had, when, when, when there's itis, when there's inflammation, it causes fluid to build up. So I also had fluid around both of my lungs. And um, eventually the fluid even went down into my abdomen uh, or the fire, I should say spread down into the next neighborhood, went down into my abdomen. So then I had all this fluid in my abdomen as well. Um, so yeah, I was quickly educated on what all this was. Uh, remember, I just was saying I, I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Had right. no idea. It was so we were, I'm thinking it's a long issue. Yeah. Now it's not is, is a medical person. It's, it seems like this is getting confusing. What precipitates the the sac or the pericarditis to to even be happening what what would what would happen okay so um it's theorized that um it's from a virus okay um it, it can be from like tuberculosis which we don't really have that problem right in america um but if you google it it it'll say leady causes tuberculosis um a virus you can have an autoimmune um disease that's you know just turned on your pericardium and and it's inflamed now um but majority of pericarditis patients had a virus um it's precipitated by like maybe some fever i did not i I haven't my thermostat must be broken because (laughs) i haven't had fever since 2008 when you say thermostat, I mean, I'm thinking thyroid. But did your thyroid give you any indication or anything since your thermostat's no. on? Literally, I'm, I'm being. No. Yeah. No. So um, it's theorized like most viruses, while, you know, we hear about COVID, right. many people have been educated more so, you know, currently than, than in years past as far as a virus. It gets into your lungs. You know, that's. That's typically, or like a GI virus where it infects the gut mm-hmm. for some reason um, that they don't know, um, it made its way to my pericardium. It's, it's very unusual. Yeah, um, and most yeah. patients just recover uh, with Motrin, ibuprofen for a few days. Sure. Anti-inflammatory, and, it's done and one and done, two and done. And then you're like thinking right, life goes on, right. but not with you. Um, you know, there's a researcher at um, the Mayo Clinic that she did a short little video. Um, and I think it's something about a, when a virus attacks. And she goes into um, the myocardium, which is the heart muscle itself, myocarditis. 
And I emailed her on a Sunday at like five something. And she immediately emailed me back. I said, is your theory also true with pericarditis? And she said in rat studies that um, myocarditis is always associated with the pericarditis. So, um, but she does a really interesting video um, about how, for some reason, these viruses move on to the heart. And it's not typical that um, that they go there. But um, she talks about how your cells um, have a mitochondria, and that's like the engine of the cell, sure. it's like the powerhouse of the cell. And so a lot of cells, you know, may have just one mitochondria, but the heart has 10,000 in one cell. Wow. And so when these cells start to split and split and split and they have this virus, you're just kind of compounding the problem. And so she talks about how you, you've heard of, um, you know, someone running a marathon and they just, they drop dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're on the soccer field. They just fall out. So they're like doing something active and they're splitting those cells and those mitochondria in that virus over and over and over again. And so at the end of the video, she says, you know, survivors have, have been asked, you know, how, how did you survive this? And they said they just knew something was wrong. So they kept going to the doctor mm -hmm something's wrong, something's wrong. Um, it's not until it's pretty bad that you can see it just on a chest x-ray. Um, there are some labs that may indicate that you have inflammation somewhere in your body. Um, but if you look up um, like what it feels like, what it's described as is called the devil's grip. You know, I like to think yeah. that um, I've been, uh, you know, blessed by God, you know? Yeah, and you have, because <laughs> we're going to find angel. out about this. Yeah. You, it, it just... Touched by an angel, but it's sure. called the devil's grip because it feels like someone's squeezing your heart. Sure. You can just can't imagine, imagine that. It, it feels... I can't even imagine that. I mean, it's bad enough when you have, like, indigestion and you think that's teetering right. on something and you know it's indigestion. I imagine that being, like, you're describing a hand squeezing that, and then which chokes the blood, which controls the oxygen which goes into the cells and right. that's being staved off and the next thing you know it you're you're gasping for air and in nikki's case yeah, yeah. Um, somebody had to see me actually have one of these little bouts um and i had been transferred to uh the floor telemetry so they were going to monitor me at you know the desk with my little heart monitor on sure. hadn't even seen the nurse yet we had just rolled in and it hit me and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk. I was hitting the nurse button on my bed. Oh, God. Robert was putting our things down in the corner. So his back was to me and I couldn't. And I, and so now I'm starting to lower the head of my bed. Remember, I can't breathe. Right. Sitting up. I have to lean forward, but still my medical knowledge was go back. The heart's not beating. You need to lay back yes. and let blood flow back to the heart. So I started to lay the head of my, my bed back and the nurse says, can I help you? Oh, for God's sake. Can I help you? And I was going, nurse, nurse. Mm, yeah. And so Robert turned around and he, are you calling the nurse? And he took one look at me and he like ran out. And then the nurse came in and she said, 
she had her little phone and she just called, you know, a hospital wide right. uh, rapid response. And so then all of a sudden, and even, even Robert, you know, he has no medical background, my husband. Right. And um, he said he did not realize the seriousness of what was going on until 15 people were in the room and they were talking about, you know, the, the code card and, um, you know, and then he had to, he, he, he was, was great in describing what was wrong with me because, you know, as a, as an anesthetist, when they call a code, um, my department responds and our job is to establish the airway, you know, masking the patient, intubating them. Right. That's our job up at the head of the bed. And so when we go for a code, we don't know the, the diagnosis of the patient. You got to figure this um, is this is where your expertise comes. You're you got several things going on and you're thinking right. medical 101, what do we do for this, that and that and then and then hopefully control it so right. you got time to figure out what the heck's wrong with this patient. Right. So Robert was able to explain uh you know, he quickly learned the word pericarditis. Um, pericardial effusion. Um, so he, he had, he said, we were just here last night and they sent her home and, you know, she's got fluid around her heart. And, um, I just kept looking at the digital clock on the wall. It's taken me a long time to be able to describe this moment without getting really emotional. I don't even know what time it was. It was the red digital clock. And I just kept looking over past all these people, I looked over at Robert to the left and I just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So you're, and he's like, stop saying you're sorry. You know, it's going to be okay. You're, you're okay. And I, I was like in my mind, just pleading with God. I mean, just begging him, please save me, please save me. And then all of a sudden I got to a point of where I was like at ease and I was like almost a little excited. I was going to see my dad again. Uh, I was going to see just sharing a little bit more about myself that, Oh, and Robert that we uh, lost a few babies along the way and trying to have kids. And so I was like, I'm going to see them. I'm going to see the sister I never knew, you know, grandparents. Sure, like, sure. My yeah. mind started going, you know, and so then my prayer changed to please take care of Robert and the girls. Um, because I I seriously thought I was gone. And even you see interviews with people and oh, I thought I was dying. I thought, you know, but no, to really is- experience it is wow. Yeah, but just you, wow. It just, um, th- that's so profound because how people got to get in that mindset to to know, I mean, you're a medical person. You're not really sure what's going on. You're just finally getting somewhat of a handle. We don't even know how this fire started. I always think of carditis like an oral thing, like sometimes when you have to take antibiotics before oral surgery and sometimes bacteria can get in and it can cause that inflammation. We just still don't know. So the unknown and not knowing where the heck did this stupid thing come from and now your faith is kicking in like like big time and asking right. God for help right. because you're you're at that time where people are thinking you're losing your breath. Now you're feeling very destitute. And now I'm, I'm asking God for all kinds of things. I want to live, but at the same time, just in case I'm not, Lord, take care of my husband and children right. here. What, right. and, uh, it, yeah. it really shifted. My prayer really 
really shifted. I mean, it was, you know, begging. And then suddenly I was like at ease and I may have been a little hypoxic too. Sure. I may, I have, I may have been lacking a <laughs> Only little. Only from a nurse a would say this. My brain. <laughs> she's like. She's, at that time. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, I ended up in that cardiac ICU with, um, yeah. after they drained that 500, they, they left the drain in uh, for a couple of days in the ICU. They never drained the, the fluid around my lungs. Sure. Um, the pleural effusions, they never drained the, the fluid in my abdomen. Ascites is what that's called. They just let those reabsorb. I was just going to um, ask you, it must get, a, yeah, it gets absorbed and that's that. I mean, you sweat it out, pee right, it out or whatever. Right. Okay. So what, at this time, Nikki, you're, okay, so now kind of fast forward a little bit for the, the sake of time here too, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, you know, people got to understand like all this is going on. The period of time, just how long has this been now? We're, we're talking about from the time you realize I got something going on with me, I can't breathe, to now at least getting it drained. What are we looking at? What's six the days. six days? Okay, so this is six days. I had three ER visits. The I mean, I was diagnosed promptly. I mean, right away. Um, but they do like an echo to look at the heart and okay, it's pumping fine right now. Yeah, yeah right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Right now. But I just went through hell um, for six days that it wasn't, and I don't want that to happen again, you're thinking. I don't want this to come back. Right. So I know that I had a little bout of that tamponade in the car on the way home. Um, I had it the first night I was in the hospital, and I'm sure the nurse thought I, I was having a panic attack or anxiety, but I called the nurse. No one was with me because we didn't have anyone to watch our kids that night. So that first night, I was by myself. Um, and so anyway, they, um, they were giving me narcotics for the pain, but they were still just giving me the Motrin. Well, I had already been on the Motrin for, you know, four or five days already. You're not treating the problem. And I could tell it was getting worse because when I went in, my abdomen wasn't tender and big, but now it was tender and big. The, the big thing that they were looking for though, is for my feet to swell. And I never had that. And there would never, be like ever. a circulation thing, a weak heart, right. but it wasn't, it wasn't the right. case. Yeah. So they're like, oh, she doesn't have any swelling or edema is what mm-hmm. it's called in her feet, her lower extremities. At any rate, um, I demanded to be sent home because I was not at the heart hospital. Gotcha. And so um, I was home for two nights that night because I got home late, um, two nights. And then all of a sudden I had that that bout of tamponade at home again. And, um, so Robert rushed me to St. Francis, um, and they kept me for a while. And that's when, uh, they changed my medicine and just sent me home, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, people were like, you were sent home like that. So anyway, 10 hours later, I'm back. I had another in the morning. My blood pressure at home was 70, three or four over, you know, 40. Oh God. You're like comatose. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I got no energy. You're, you're tired. You're lightheaded. Right. Oh my gosh. So, So, um, that's when they had sent me to the floor and then I crashed we call it. That's when I crashed. So that was over the course of like six days. Now I have had these little bouts through the years. Sure. But you just definitely, like when I see pictures from the past, I'll be like, ah, oh, 
That's why I, I had pancreatitis that yeah. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you, you see pictures of yourself and, oh, that I had so much fun that weekend. Oh, I remember when we did that, right? For me, I'll go, oh, yes, I remember I was hurting it. Sorry, my dog just walked That's okay. I, I heard he that. Was, it wasn't Robert, was it? <laughs> it wasn't. No. It wasn't Robert. Okay. Well, let me no, ask you, let me ask you this. So but, the six days. So just, real quick. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that went over six days. Um, then I was discharged home. I was on, you know, new medication. And then a few weeks later, I go back to the ER because it's, I can tell I'm starting to get fluid again. They changed my medication, right? Now I'm on prednisone, the ugly, yeah, oh, yucky yes, prednisone, exactly, yes. 40 Which, milligrams every day. Now you're getting bloated from um, prednisone and put gaining some weight and whatever. No, I never that. did. You didn't? Surprisingly. You must have never an, did. You are I, an I enigma, Nikki. <laughs> but um, I ended up going down to the Mayo Clinic and I had done a little research and I asked about this particular drug that I did end up getting on. And it's, you know, very, very good at treating pericarditis. It's been on the market for rheumatoid for many years. So, so they have, you know, it's not a brand new drug. Sure, so okay, they so you're have, thinking you know, it's, a lot yeah. of knowledge of this drug. Um, so I didn't have the rheumatoid, but I was able to get on this drug. It's daily injections. And um, my Mayo doctor, you know, had, had, I was on it for a solid year of, one dose. And then I was tapering down and hopefully getting off of it. Um, by the time I was supposed to be off of it, I only lasted four days and had to go back on a, just oh. a small dose. Yeah. Yeah. But still you got to keep, a yeah. well then boom, August again. So that was all August 2018. So then here we are, August, 2020. And I had gone in for my annual mammogram, uh, no family history of any kind of cancer whatsoever. Um, I did a breastfeed all four of my girls, which that's supposed to reduce your risk, sure. a woman's risk, um, for every year that you breastfeed it, it's a, it reduces your risk of breast cancer. So like over the course, it was like basically almost eight years of me like nursing. Yeah, you got four kids, so babies. people know you got four babies. It, even ovarian cancer isn't that good for your? It contracts when you when you're breastfeeding, so right, it right. heals you quicker. Right. It for, does so yeah, many uterus. good post things yeah. for your uterus, and so oh, you're doing all the right things here. But gosh right. darn it, we're finding out now that this medicine could actually be a link to the cancer could diagnosis. Be. Could okay? be, could be, okay. Um, so yeah, suddenly I'm diagnosed. And I, I posted posted on my page the other day because it was like the anniversary of my double mastectomy. You know, each person, whenever they get the C diagnosis, kind of there are certain dates that they probably have more. It's more challenging to get through that anniversary. You know, like I was, sure. I was, I had the mammogram, and they're like, "Oh, that doesn't look good." Then they did the needle biopsy, and then it was like waiting for that pathology to come back. And then it was like, oh, well, it's just DCIS, which is like the best, quote, cancer to have because uh, it's still in the in the duct, and it's, um, it's like pre-cancer. Gotcha. Okay. And so then I quickly went, oh, it's stage one probably, and then it's like, no, you might be too. Well, I ended up being stage three. 
And so, so, so before all right this, now. I just yeah. knew if cancer was like stage one through four, that's it. Right, I didn't right. know. And, and each cancer has its own sub, you know, uh, categories. And, you know, I learned about um, hormone receptor positive or negative. And then this um, receptor on the cells. And I have like too many of those receptors, the HER2 receptors. Um, and so, you know, we, in the nineties that HER2 positive breast cancer was a death sentence. And, um, in the nineties is when, um, they came out with, it had been sitting on a shelf for something else and somebody yeah. pulled it off the shelf and was like, let me try it for this HER2 positive breast cancer. And that has saved many lives. So, uh, but yeah, I was quickly educated in, in this whole cancer journey. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm stage three, a grade two, something like that. Okay. So just, but, put, just um, for the sake of time, cause I'm going to make sure, cause we, I want to make sure yeah. we have 45 minutes. I'm going to try to contain all this in here and okay. get where we're at. And we can also, cause I, I think this is something that's going to carry on. You and I need to do another podcast. Cause this is, people are going to yeah, be, sure. this is profound. I'm sorry it took so long. No, no, finally... no, no. But, but it's good to finally hear what we're doing. But stage three, that means it's spread now. It's somewhere else in your body. And we now got to get it's that under in control. My, it was in my lymph nodes. Lymph nodes. And you took preventive measures and said, look, double mastectomy, I'm not dealing. Oh, I was like, yeah, let's take go. them off. Let's and a go. lot of women have issues with that, you know, their body. Right. Uh, for me, and I, I, I joke this, that if, as, if, if, I, if someone took my left arm and would guarantee that I'd never have cancer again, I would be an amputee. Yeah. No, I, That's I'm with how... You. That's how I felt about the the mastectomy. Just take them. Take them. Yeah. Just take them. You're married. Robert loves you. We love you. It doesn't change any way yeah. you look any outside. You still Nikki. And yeah. Now I just want to get to the point now. Okay, so Nikki, now it's 2020 August, and now we're dealing with two things. We got a we have the heart issue, which is life threatening, cancer right. stage three, mm-hmm. and. Where are we now? How, because you went to Cleveland Clinic because you did some homework and research. Okay, so Cleveland yeah. Clinic was for my heart. Um, thanks to Facebook and being in pericarditis. Um, Chat rooms. You like, know, Facebook yeah. group. Um, a lot of people, you know, the admins, moderators, whatever. Um, every time someone new comes in and they're like, hey, my doctor's prescribing this and said I can do that, blah, 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 blah. It's always Dr. Klein, Dr. Klein, Dr. Klein. Old Mr. Klein um, is there for you. Dr. Yeah. Klein was yeah. like the mm-hmm. man, yeah. right? I've seen, I've watched videos of his lectures and his studies and all this. Now, at the time of my heart stuff, I, I didn't, I wasn't in the pericarditis group. I didn't know anything. I was just told, you know, you should go to Emory or Mayo. And I was like, I'm going to go to Mayo. So I went down to Jacksonville and the cardiologist there is very experienced with the pericarditis. Um, and so, like I said, I failed several of the drugs. I ended up on this particular drug. Well, he was the one prescribing it. Now, you, you have to have a doctor that's going to uh, routinely check certain labs and um, do scans, echoes of your heart and periodically. And so basically, um, you know, none of the cardiologists, that I saw was willing to write for that medicine. So I would have to have him write for it. Well, he's like, 
I haven't seen you in a couple of years. Like you really need someone local to write for it. He's like, I'll write it now, but in the next year you have to find someone else. So I was already kind of like, I need to see about. So meanwhile, I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go up there and see Dr. Klein. So, um, this was after I, I went through chemo, um, radiation. I was still on the medicine, right? Right. I did try. I called my Mayo doctor right away when I got the cancer diagnosis. What do I do with this drug? And he said, worry about killing cancer. Don't worry about your heart. So I stayed on that drug. And then my oncologist was like, you really shouldn't need that drug. We are reducing inflammation with the chemo. You shouldn't need it. So, so now he you're called t- my doctor at Mayo and they said, go ahead and stop it again. So I stopped it once again, within four days, I was in pain. Back in pain. Yeah. So, right. So I, all through radiation and all, I was still taking it. So then this past December, I was like, I'm going up, I'm going to see Dr. Klein. So I flew up out of Columbus by myself, went up there thinking, you know, he'll write for it, or there's a new sister drug that had just been FDA approved, like in September. I said, you know, here's, here's what I got. Here's da, 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 da. And he said, I will not write for that drug because it has, it suppresses your immune system. You need your immune system. Everyone has abnormal cells or cancer cells in their body, Mm -hmm. but the body recognizes it attacks it, destroys it, right? Right. You need your own body's immune system to fight any lingering cancer cell. This drug's suppressing that. So it's so you counterintuitive, said you need, yeah. You need a pericardiectomy. <clears throat> you need open heart surgery. We need to remove that sac around your heart. We remove the need for that drug. Smart. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it was... Um, a very unusual case to do um, the pericardiectomy um, because typically there are patients where that pericardium gets stiff. And so it, when the heart beats, the, oh. it, it's like a wall around so the heart. Thick. It's not constant it's not, inflammation. Uh, yeah. Flexible. So that's um, uh, constrictive pericarditis. So that's typically what patients have this heart surgery for, but for me, it was for, um, I was dependent. Yes. Get um, off of this medicine. This you know, is this will, this drug. Yeah. And yeah, this is a good move. Could advance cancer. So yes, in January I had open heart surgery. Dr. Um, Klein did a great job. Cause here, I mean, I'm looking at you now, your color looks good. You're yeah. so Klein. Are we, we are now off that drug now, right? For the inflammation in a heart. Um, Com- so it's he a different still had drug. me tapering it. Okay. Uh, dropping one shot a week um, and then doing lab draws and making sure that my inflammatory markers were okay. Um, I am down to like maybe one a week. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yes. That's so great. like last Sunday, I was feeling a little... Um, yeah. A little symptom, like, because you still have a little bit of your pericardium, they got to cut it away from your great vessels, right? Sure, right. So it's attached up top. That's where the pericardium's attached. So you still have a little bit of your pericardium. So yeah, um, for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty much done with it. That's so so good. yeah, it's 
crazy how full circle that became. So that, um, it, by you and, getting and cancer, breast cancer, almost, it got us moving in the direction to Dr. Klein to get to the Cleveland Clinic. And then once you get up to Ohio in December, you're like, these guys are looking, hey, look, we can get you off of this, this medicine just because we need to, we need to clean this thing up. So would you say, and this right. is nuts, Nikki, but the, the cancer almost helped diagnose to, to fix this heart, you know, the pericarditis. It seems like it, it yeah. in a weird, yeah. odd way. And I don't want to say it's a, it's nobody wants right. to remove their breasts and get breast cancer, but the breast cancer is under control now, right? Are you in, you're kind of in remission right now. Would we say even stage three, are we? At yes. Least- I had a PET scan. Um, I had a PET scan a couple of weeks ago and it was, it was good. Um, no signs of uh, metastatic Thanks. disease. Um, I did start another new drug. Um, it's for, you know, it's after getting Herceptin, that, that drug for the HER2, that's um, immune modulator. And so I, I did that for a year. And so within the next year, there's this other drug that has a lot of nasty side effects. Ugh. But, um, and, the, and you start on a low dose and you kind of go up every week. Um, as tolerated. So, so I'm assuming gastro stuff. I mean, I don't want to get personal here. Probably oh, it sounds like yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Would you, is that about as far as it goes? It won't give us any other crazy side effects besides that. Although that's not comfortable. I, I can imagine, but it's um, just... it, and it also, I, I started at the dose and then I went up. Um, so it's three pills a day. And then okay. I went up to four. And when I went up to four, it was, so I you. had to back down to yeah. three because yeah. I also was getting very nauseated and dizzy. Oh, and yeah. if you if you've ever had vertigo or dizziness, it makes you nauseated in itself. Just in itself, exactly. Right. So um, <clears throat> I just I started back on Sunday on the four, and not too bad, not okay. not too terrible yet. <laughs> what do you say? But I told my husband just a little bit ago, like yeah. when I was. I was fixing my hair and I said, I see why patients um, sometimes, you know, drop treatment or whatever regimen that is, you know, for let's try something different. Let's try a different drug or a different course because the side effects can be so horrific. Yeah. So it's like, there's no good in between at this point, Nikki, do you see, is do you, do you see yourself off any drugs, or do you think you're going to have to be on at least at least something for the rest of your life just to mitigate any inflammation? Or, I mean, maybe not to the excessive amount. Where are um, we I'm now? St- I'm still okay. Part of the part of the regimen that I was on for the pericarditis, besides that injection, uh, I had another medication, colchicine, which is typically prescribed like with gout patients with gout, but. Um, at any rate, um, I'm still on that twice a day. I, I, I kind of don't even think about that one. I've sure. been on it so long. It's like, um, uh, and then I'm on 800 Emotrin three times a day still. Wow. Wow. Still. That's a lot. My gut so couldn't handle it. I don't know how you do that. We are weaning the <clears throat> injection first. Um, gotcha. and typically he weans the ibuprofen first and, um, 
I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah, it doesn't make no, sense. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the reason why I had the surgery. Yeah, because I Can we pro- please get off the potential cancer-causing drug yes, first? Yes, yes. So, that's yeah, point. that's the first to go. But um, okay. radiation, I have I have a lot of side effects from the radiation. Yeah, we got to deal with that, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is another, that's a whole nother show in itself. But um, uh, I, I also ended up, now I have... Uh, uh, lumbar, my lower back. I have some bulging disc and scoliosis. Um, Thank that you. we think yeah. is from the radiation sure. contracted this up a lot. Um, and the radiation oncologist suspects that I had this type of response. Why? Because, because I was on so that drug. drug. Here we go again. Yeah. So here which, we go again. Could it be? So see how God, I know you're a woman of faith. And you wonder sometimes, because my guest I had on last week was um, he he came in a position where he said all his whole baseball career and everything he did, and he had bladder cancer. He had the the third type, which is it's terminal, but it was never spread. So he, in that case, he had a, a chance to go get a procedure where they took part of his intestines and reform and redevelop a whole nother bladder uh, temporarily. But as he was saying, too, all of a sudden, he, his whole life changed. He said, look, he kept saying what you did. He begged, God, I want to live. I want to keep going through this. It's almost like you're drawing the attention now to show people who have this pericarditis. Uh, the cancer obviously got us in the direction where we need to be. Not that we want to have that, but it, it's uh, this is right. what precipitated us to get in the direction where we know how we can get off of this, this drug now. And now that you know so much of this, are, at the forefront, are you raising the eyebrows of the medical field? I, I have to suspect, especially Cleveland Clinic, which is big time, and so is Mayo, that they're probably all sitting there, even local hospital of St. Francis, like saying, oh, my God, this Nikki Warner case, listen to this. This is what we cannot do for people in this kind of situation. Have, do you think this is happening now? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I know I'm a, a memorable case. Um one one time when I went for an echo, um, they said, oh, I, I remember you here, you know, a couple of years ago, um, because everyone was talking about this young patient that had this pericarditis. And um, yeah, typically, they, patients with like terminal cancer will build up fluid around their heart and they'll have to have it drained. Mm-hmm. Um, every so often or a surgery where they take a little chunk out, it's kind of like a pop-off valve, you know, like, um, it it overflows out in just into the chest cavity. Um, so for me to have that, they were like, you know, the, 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 uh, echo people were like, you got to see this, you know, you got to see. So now, now it's, it's interesting because I'll, I'll go for an echo and it'll be like, surprise, I don't have a pericardium because that's something they look for. Sure, sure, sure. And so yeah. my heart's like naked. Could you, I could a naked you, heart. well, obviously you can survive with this naked heart without a pericardium. I mean, is this, because I have right. one, everyone does. What's the, for not having one, what would be an issue? Is there any other worries with that now, now that you don't have, but just a little bit left at the top? But I mean. um, So there are cases where babies are born without it. So you don't really um, need it. And they do fine. Um, and then there's other, you know, cause I, and, and I too was like, what does this do to my long-term survival? Like everything keeps tri- yeah. has turned into what is it? 
you know, like how many years will be taken off, you know? Um, and so they're in, in the pericarditis group on Facebook, there's only 367 members worldwide. Oh my god! In that group, and you got to now. Re- maybe I'm the Facebook generation, but we do have some older <laughs> patients sure. in there. Sure. Um, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I'm like 15 years out, you know, <clears throat> doing fine." Well, that's some great news. So, um, there's a story of a um, fighter pilot, I think, that you know, was this the, was this going to be disabling for him to not be able to fly? Yeah, if he's pulling uh, G forces in and the he sky, was able like to. Top Gun, and he can do that. That's that's reassuring, Nikki. Yeah. That's very reassuring. Yeah, I, I don't want to make light of it, but is this like a gallbladder slash appendix for appendix, you know, appendectomy or something? Is it equivalent to that having a peri, you know, your pericardiectomy? Pericardiectomy. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say it's you know, a, obviously a bigger surgery. Yeah. Um, can you live without it? Yes. Good. Yes. Good. Um, that's good. You know, I am a little more um, worried or protective, like, when my kids are sick, like, don't, I don't want to get sick, you know, and I would never want them, like, say I get, get sick from one of them. Right. Um, I would, and and say I passed, okay? Yeah. I would never want them to be like, I was the one that. I'm with you. you know, yeah. Infected mom. Yeah. You know, but I would think by um, now you got through COVID for crying out loud last December through Omicron, you're sitting there flying to Cleveland clinic by yourself on a plane. Well, you know, we had, we, we had COVID, uh, two weeks ago, three okay. weeks ago. And you're, and how do you feel? No problem. Did you um, have any? So I, I, ne- I was negative. I was negative. Great. So, so God um, is good. God my is oldest, yeah. Jacqueline. Yeah. Um, so 12, Jocelyn nine and then Robert, my husband, were all positive. Wow. And then the seven year old and five year old and myself were negative. Um and and we're tiny living right now, um, as we're building, like I mentioned. Um, and so it's tight quarters. It is tight quarters, like we're sharing a bathroom up here. Um, but I yeah, it's a, it's it's like an apartment above the two sure. car two car garage, um, but we have made it livable ish downstairs since there's a bathroom down there yeah. uh, in our sectional couch. So I kind of parked it there for a few days. Yeah, I could um, see it, and God's good because I mean this is being that close like that, and you you just tested negative. I mean, I just believe. Yeah. That's a blessing that God said, you know, Nikki, you had enough, you know, we're going to get you through this. Yeah. Well, and, it, yeah. And what's interesting yeah. is at work, um, one of my good friends said, you know, you're never sick. You yeah. Know, you really, you really, yeah. Yeah. How ironic. Like, yeah. Straps road or, yeah. you know, they got a GI bug or, you know, you'll hear them here all stopped up, sneezing, coughing. Yeah. You're never like, uh, uh, you know, I've known you for how many years and I've never seen you like sick. And then she's like, but when you are sick, you get, yeah, you are sick. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's your, that's your thing. But you have the, the case of, of, of good knowledge and wisdom and simplifying the medical science here because you are in the medical field and are you still working then right now? I didn't even ask you that. So that's something that I've battled with. Um, yeah. Because I did go back to work last year after radiation, and I was struggling um, and didn't really know why. Um, I was still short of breath. Um, and then I noticed, like, my arm, 
this is as far back. Like I can't put my seatbelt on in the driver's oh, seat. Geez. Yeah, this is yeah. this is the side that was radiated, and yeah. and that's as far up as I can go. Um, yeah. you know, here's the other arm. Spart- especially right? as a nurse Ooh. anesthetist, yeah, you got flexibility there, here, mobility. I can put this arm back here. Sure, sure. Um, and then it's also, um, you know, it. I have neuropathy. I have the numbness, tingling, sure. etc. Um. But yeah, the shortness of breath, I was like, what is going on? Like, I've, I'm recovered enough from my heart surgery. Like, I thought this was related to my heart. Um, and so I found out that radiation, mm-hmm. this whole side of my rib cage is now tight. So they did some tests. I have five fractured ribs that are just Oh chronically gosh. fractured oh, gosh because of the radiation. Um, when i cough or sneeze they just like micro fracture so because the your rib cage wants to sure. open when you cough or sneeze sure, right and so the back of my rib cage does that but when it meets the front oh, that doesn't move it just cracks yeah so um i have that she said uh yeah i have restrictive lung disease you can look that up um and there's no pill or inhaler um, I'm doing physical therapy twice a week to kind of stretch open this. Sure, and, sure. um, uh, this, this is all really, really tight here. Um, so they're having difficulties doing echoes on me now because right. everything's so tight, but, um, so yeah, I haven't, I haven't been back to work. Um, and I, I and, rightfully so, rightfully so. Cause we got to get you. Yeah. yeah and so, yeah. and then last year, um, it was a hint of the yeah. of the scoliosis. It's like all of a sudden I had these three bulging discs. It's like what? What now? Yeah, I know what, what now. now? What else? But everything that's thrown at you, you're coming out of it really quick. I know we have to wrap it up, and I want to do more with you. We need to come back because we're going to yeah. keep revisiting with you because your yeah. frame of mind in the space that you're coming in and the way you share your story, and because you're at, you're in the medical field, I, I get that, and and you're just you're 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 putting a face to this Nikki I don't know how why but you're inspiring other people and others that have to see oh, this thanks. and just one more thing yeah one more thing yeah. whenever I get uh, of course I'm human whenever yeah. I get down or yeah. you know like you know you want to say why 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 do I have this why me why you know but I quickly realize I switch that thinking and I go Thank God I didn't die in 2018. Look at the, look at the years that my kids have memories with me. That's right. Where most people. Thank God I didn't die in, you know, 2020, Mm -hmm. you know, we're building memories. You know, I've said it many times that when I got the cancer diagnosis, I was like, are my kids old enough to remember me? Yeah. My youngest, you know, she's five now, but I mean, so she, She'll know. She remembers she, you. She's and she's going to, to remember probably more of you. have memories that will yeah. last. And she's still you know? going to have memories. Right. But back then she would be too little. And mm-hmm. so I know that's, that was so hard for me to think and say. And, um, but now I, I just constantly think, okay, like I, I woke up today. My feet are hitting the floor. I'm alive. And, and I can make memories with my family. And so even if it's just day-to-day routine, you know, got homework, got cheer practice, got softball practice, I'm here. Amen. I'm here. And that's what's important. So as far as going back to work, I don't know. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making it around the house, obviously. Um, but running up a flight of stairs or two for a code, they'd find me in the stairwell coding. <laughs> you'll be, you know? you'll be the one calling. Right. Exactly. And your sense so, of humor is good, um, but we're going to get you through You it. know, lifting patients. Um, sure. Lymphedema that it's, con- you know, that's high risk, uh, activity for, yeah. uh, increasing my lymphedema. Um, you know, it's like carrying grocery bags, really yeah, simple things like, like that. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, part of my job, turning patients, um, pushing stretchers. It's, it's been hard for me to think, um, like, will I get back to being able to, to be in my career? Cause I love my career. Yeah, of course I you love do. what I do, but you're educating awesome in another job. way, just like time last week, he's no longer the coach as he always was in coach coach coach, but he's, walking Caminos now in Spain and doing pilgrimages or whatever else he was called to do. You're called to, to be with your kids, to create more memories right. and inspire right. these people. And you're, you're a big catalyst and, and, and certainly inspiring the medical community and educating them because you did your homework and, and God has blessed you. You asked him, you received Nikki. You did. You kept saying it That's in right. 2018. God, please, please. He he's listening, and I I know you're attesting right. that. As long and personally for people to know, I have the privilege and honor to know you and and had some good conversations intimately with you, and along with Robert, and and your family and great support unit with family and friends around you. Um, but you're a true inspiration. You are here for a long time. Trust me. I can tell. And that hair of yours is awesome. It's sassy and fun. It looks great. Oh, it does. Thanks. Yeah. It's you cool. Know, how I it, just yeah. kind yeah. uh, I was like, oh, the gray. My hair grew back. Looks great. Oh, I love when you had the gray like, too. It looks, you know it looks good. I'm just going to rock it. You rock I'm going to rock it. I'll be Corella yes, DeVille. Yes, right. You know? <laughs> good, good version. That's for sure. But I want to say thank right. you so much, Nikki. And we will be talking to you again. And we want everyone, don't go away. Just I'll say something uh, post-programming uh, uh, here. But again, check out the latest on the Bob Jeswell Show with Nikki Warner and much more. These are stories that everybody needs to pass on. Nikki, go ahead, you wave. And if you want to learn more about Nikki and her condition too, we have at the bottom here you some links about her condition she has and how you can do better. So check it out here on anywhere you get your podcast, WRBL.com. You can see the beautiful, lovely Nikki Warner. Uh, you can check it out on Apple, Spotify, and iHeart through audio platforms and wherever else you get your podcasts and on social media. Social media with, uh, of course, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll have that link just for you. Nikki, tell Robert I said hello. I will see you soon. And um, again, and uh, you're looking lovely. You're going to make it, kid. You got it. You got this. Thank you. You are. You're an inspiration. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. Stay with us right after this. We'll see you all next week on the Bob Jeswald Show.